Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark. After a long one-week hiatus while Clay was off enjoying the beautiful sun and sand, we are back for August 15th on a beautiful Monday evening in the city. Clay, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I had a wonderful vacation in Hawaii, but I don't think I ever looked as cool as you do right now when I was on the beach. I can say that. The $7 sunglasses do add a lot, I will say. There is zero UV protection, but indoors with this bright studio light, you don't need yeah. UV. Uh, I hope you don't need UV protection. Do you think this thing is emitting dangerous uh, well, amounts? I, 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 don't, I don't think it's making it worse, but um, no, you look good. It was a great trip, relaxing. Didn't even worry about work or vlogging or anything. It's probably the perfect time to go when it comes to Canucks news as we're going to painfully find out for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, you missed a lot. I heard. As evidenced by my face in a lemon as the thumbnail. Yeah, you know, I, I'd love to hear the story behind that. Yeah, um, I had friends over. Yeah. And I said, oh, I got to prep the thumbnail for tonight's show because we're going to go out uh, and hang out for a little bit. And then I'm going to have to come back in time for the show. We're going to have the thumbnail prepped. Uh, so what I do for this show to prep is I go to the Canucks subreddit. I go like yeah. top news of the last week. And for some reason, there was a picture of Andre Kuzmenko whose face was Photoshopped onto a lemon. And I thought I could do that. And they said, you have to do that. Uh, so I did. And uh, I, what else did I put? I was like so much news. And it's just an arrow pointing to my face. Um, and I think that's, that's what will get the people clicking. I hope. Yes. I, I heard that arrows and thumbnails are good bright red arrows that is the key big Pointing bold to... arrow yeah okay well you look it good. worked on um, 22 people so far i will say that's awesome that's awesome and uh, we missed a show i hope people missed us i'm not sure if they did but if yeah if you you all better have been thinking about us and been really sad um yeah i mean you probably saw that clay was in hawaii based on yeah. uh based on the tweets and yeah and uh, the lovely photos that he had uh Thank while you. we were all stuck here uh, in the, I mean, it was, it was like 30 degrees anyways, so we yeah, didn't miss too much. Here. I think it's warmer here, actually. Have you been to Hawaii? I have, uh, probably t 12 years ago, maybe. Okay. okay. It was lovely, but I, I've looked at going back and I'm like, hey, it's, there's no all-inclusive in Hawaii. And that's like, that's my, that's my ticket. I need some, I need some all-inclusive. Yes. That, that's fair. That's fair. By the way, uh, I don't even know what it means. Lucas says uh, he's a member for two months now. It says supporter. So thank you, Lucas. Does that mean he's been like a member for two Supporters months? Supporters are our tier, our 99 cent, like the only tier we have. Uh, so thank you, Lucas. If you guys yes. are interested in a membership, because um, we're going to bring you so much value with all the topics we talk about tonight, um, feel free to hit the join button and lose 99 cents. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> I mean, we've got nothing. We've got nothing, folks. Yeah. I, I've looked. Um, there's stuff about Kevin Bieksa talking about how the Sedins might switch jerseys just for fun in like preseason games and all-star games. And that might be the most interesting topic we have. Well, Derek says one of us is echoing. That's probably me on oh, your side. That's a terrible sign. sign. Probably I can yeah. turn you down a bit. Yeah, I could no problem. also put the headphones on. That would fix that. But thank you, Derek. We appreciate that feedback. You see what happens? We miss one week and we have no clue what's we going on. We fall apart. Okay, that's better. Much, I'm sure it's much better. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, well, I think there's a few things we can talk about, at least uh, Canucks related. Do you want to start with, well, what do you want to start with? 
Well, the only thing that happened today is is Rick Dollywall put out a twit longer about mm-hmm. um, some news. So we can read through that. Uh, that might kill at least 40 seconds. Okay. Uh, he says, quote, training camp is not far away. The numbers one story in Vancouver remains the future of forward JT Miller. as He's heading to the final year of his contract, which we all knew and we have talked about at length. Uh, Agent Brian Bartlett is not worried about how big of a story this could be at training camp. Quote, JT is looking forward to camp. He's been in Vancouver three years and has played well in the media spotlight. And I do not think his contract will be a distraction. Disagree. Uh, the Canucks and Miller have not talked contracts since the NHL draft in Montreal in early July. And Bartlett has not been given permission to talk with any teams about an extension. Uh, one question looming is whether or not Bartlett will cut off contract talks once the regular season start. Quotes, I have not talked to JT about that yet, but it's a realistic possibility. So let's break that down a little. Um, one, I do not think his contract will be a distraction. I heavily disagree. <laughs> yeah. From which side? Everyone, from all standpoints? Everyone's side. The fans are going to be talking about it. Uh, ad nauseum. Uh, I, I'm sure it's on the player's mind, right? Going into a season where you just put up 99 points. Uh, I'm not taking a bunch of money as my contract this year. I have to do that again. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Right, right. I don't disagree with you, Parker, that it will be a distraction. I think it will be as well. Um, I will say, it, you know, it's on one hand, it's kind of refreshing how honest Miller and Rutherford have been, if you, if you want to call them the two sides, obviously. Because Rutherford has flat out said, we want, to, we like this player. He's a good player. He's our best forward. We want to sign him. But if we can't, we're going to try and move him. Like he's being very, very transparent. And Miller, to his credit, has said, I like Vancouver. I like the team. I've been there three years, da, da, da. But I know it's a business and we're pretty far apart right now. So he's being very honest too. No shade yet. Just a bunch of honest people talking honestly. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's hard to... I mean, it's hard to 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 hide in this, right? It's hard to lie, right? Everyone knows where both sides are at. Yeah. JT Miller thinks he deserves more money than the Canucks are willing to give him. Yep. And the Canucks are saying what everyone else is saying. Well, you got to either pay him or you got to trade him. Right. right. We're not. You don't want to lose this asset for nothing. Right. Um, so I I think none of them have. I think both sides have kind of realized like we can't make anything up here right we're mm-hmm. going like everyone knows it's a very open negotiation people know what's going on there's nothing to hide yeah no that's true You're, actually that's a that's a really good point actually because there's nothing that either side has said that should be a shocker and you're right and if they said anything else besides what they have been saying i think then people wouldn't believe them because they the the inherent nature of this negotiation or not even maybe that's the whole point. There's been no negotiation yet. Apparently they, yeah. Rick Dolly, well, you said he said they haven't really talked since, Montreal, since right? the draft. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. over a month now, I think. Or yeah, I know. We're, right. And then I think we're going to get into this or maybe we just break into it now. As we talk about this, we heard the news about Robin Leonard not playing for Vegas. And to me and to many people that hurts already their questionable chances, right? They weren't a shoe in. They missed the playoffs for the first time right. ever. So what happens, Parker, if what happens if Vegas, let's say they fall out and the Canucks are battling for third or fourth or second even, are they going to be tempted to actually keep JT Miller for a playoff run and maybe a, yeah. a couple extra million dollars of home playoff revenue? Tell me. It's tough. <laughs> and it's one of the reasons that, and there's a lot of people online who'll be like, ah, there's no pressure. They got till the trade deadline, right? 
It, but there is pressure because yeah. that's that's a very at this point a very realistic uh, possibility. You look at this forward core that Canucks have. If you include JT Miller, especially, it's a pretty good group. Yeah. Uh, you look at the goaltending; it, it's a pretty solid tandem, especially if Spencer Martin can live up to what he's shown in in limited quantities. They have a they have a top ten goaltender in Thatcher Demko. So the defense is shaky, but it's shaky with a side of Quinn Hughes, which is always, you know, a, a reliable piece to have and, and can really make a difference. Like you're going to get 70 points from Quinn Hughes next year, and that's going to be lovely. And it's really possible that this team is, you know, has a three point cushion on a wild card spot coming into the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. How hard of a time is it going to be to do what St. Louis did? A few years ago maybe four or five years ago when they said yeah we're in a playoff spot no we're not a contending team and we are going to trade away our people on expiring contracts and how did that work for them pretty well yeah i'd say so but it is a hard hard decision to make because you are going to get backlash for it there's no getting around it it is going to be a controversial uh, controversial decision no matter what um but it's a decision that a good management group will have to make. But if we wait till that long, it gets a lot harder to make that decision. Yeah. And Jim Rutherford has even said, he's actually come out and said, he doesn't feel any pressure to make a deal right now. And that the pressure point will become right before the trade deadline. So he's flat out saying that, <laughs> that right. he's not going to, I don't know if that's giving himself an out or he's just being very honest. But you're right. We're both right. That's what our point is. If the Canucks are battling for a playoff spot at the trade deadline, it's going to be very tempting to keep them and say, and, and you know, if they win a round, if they win two rounds by, by however reason, then that, that's going to justify it in their eyes to them. That's kind of crazy. Right. And it's one of those things where you can say, yeah, we have till the trade deadline. And yeah. realistically, that is the deadline, right? You have to have something done by then or you lose all leverage. But right. we all had in our minds that the draft was sort of the deadline. Because yeah. once you get past the draft, you lose a lot of leverage. Then free agency became the deadline. Free agency <laughs> happened. And the Canucks, you know, they had a Mikhaev and, and yep. not much else, really. And now Ooh. that's come and gone. And teams have allocated their cap the way they see fit for the season coming up. Yep. The deadline allows teams to pick up a higher cap hit, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say a team has a $2 million, uh, has $2 million of cap space going into the regular season. They hold that for the entire year. Well, the cap accumulates daily. So if you're picking up JT Miller at five and a quarter, or let's say the Canucks are in half, 2.65, something along there, um, then the team picking him up only needs about a million dollars of cap space for the entire year to, to make a move like that. So you do get some flexibility there. And there will yep. be some teams sitting in the second spot in their divisions that are thinking, man, JT Miller would be really nice to have. Mm. Unless JT Miller has 28 points at the deadline. Right. Right. That's right. the fear. Or even JT Miller's on pace for 70 points. That's great. That's a really good player that might be worth a first round pick, but that's not a 99 point player like we've seen the Canucks actually have when his value is at his peak. And that's the scary part is that, yeah, they can probably make a move, especially the trade deadline, especially retaining half the salary because there's no real downside to it. Yeah. Is that what if he just doesn't play all that good? Mm hmm. Or God forbid an injury. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. 
right? Yep. Let's say something goes really wrong. Let's say an ankle goes, right? Yeah. And it, especially it happens in January. And it's like, hey, well, he'll be back for week one of the playoffs. What team is making a big push for a player like that, right? <laughs> There's not many. And yeah. that's the that's the scary part. Uh, it's yeah. and it's uncertainty on every side, right? It's uncertain for uh, uncertainty for the player who's hoping for a max length deal at a ton of money. It's uncertainty for the team going to pick him up. It's really just a net negative to not have this resolved by now, uh, or at least resolved by day one of the season. And you're right about the distraction piece, Parker, because I can just picture Young Stars tournament starts. JT Miller is obviously not going to be there. He's not a young star. But Rutherford will be there, and the very first question is going to be, where are you at with talks with JT Miller? Then they get to training camp, right? And then the first time JT Miller is in front of the cameras, uh, can you give us a contract uh, status update? So and maybe it's going to take one or both of Rutherford or Miller to say, look, thank you for the interest. We have nothing to say. Once you we have something to say, you'll find out. I don't know if they're going to be that articulate, but... I could see that happening. I could see them shutting it down. Or they might even fly out and say, uh, sorry, we're not going to negotiate either not through the media or we're not even going to negotiate now. Or actually, they, they need to. It's not like Horvat where they have a, a full year. I guess it's kind of like Horvat where they have a full year. Different situation, though. I, I'm just fascinated to see what happens both when when players start to get in the town, when Rutherford starts to make more media uh, appearances and nothing has changed. You're right. It is going to be a distraction can this new regime handle it? And maybe maybe they're ready for it, man. Maybe they just think it's par for the course and they kind of right. made that bed. They got to align it now. That is, that is possible, right? This, yeah. this management group could be looking at this and being like, all these guys are talking about this as if it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like, we've got, like, yeah, we've got some offers sorted out. We've got things going here, here, here. We're good. We're traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> we've been through a lot yeah. as Canucks fans over the past eight years. And over the past 52 years, yeah. right? And, and I remember, I think that came up on Donnie and Dolly a couple months ago. And I don't remember if you remember this clip, um, but basically they had Jim Rutherford on and they were like, you know, what's the deal with JT Miller or whatever? And like, yeah, we're not in a rush. And then Don Taylor was like, yeah, but this market has been frustrated for 52 years without a cup. And Jim Rutherford was like, what do I care about that? Yeah. What does that? Yeah. What does that have <laughs> to do with me? That doesn't matter yeah, yeah. to me, right? Yeah. I'm trying to build a winner, right? I've built winners in the past. I'm going to try to build one here. Let me do my thing, right? And that's totally fair. But for us, it's also totally fair for us to be frustrated and want uh, resolution and want this team to have a clear path going forward. And for us, yeah. I mean, we're fans, right? We're just along yeah. for the ride. No matter what they choose to do, we can have some sort of impact. We can throw a jersey or two on the ice, and maybe that'll make some change. But that's kind of it when it comes to, to the power dynamic where we're just hoping for the best. And when the people in charge maybe aren't giving us the best, all we can do is panic for the most part. You know, uh, Parker, that was a very funny exchange. And it's funny because Don Taylor has the ability to – to um, say kind of funny things and kind of get away with it because of people respect him and he's got a nice yeah. way. But Rutherford wasn't having any any of it. And it actually caught Donnie off guard a little bit because yeah. he was. I think he says, "What's the impatience for?" And he goes, "How about fifty-two years with no cup?" Right? Yeah. And, ha, ha, ha. Right, yeah. and then it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you gonna say to that? <laughs> you know, guy's oh, seventy-something years old. He just he's been he's been there. Yeah. He's won a couple of cups. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He's not um, worried. And he doesn't know probably Don Taylor's history in the market, right? It's great a point. Random, it's a random media appearance, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting for sure. And it's one of those storylines that we thought would be resolved by now. And it just hasn't yeah. been. Um, yeah. 
what do you uh, if you had to just make a hot take prediction right now yeah where do you yeah. think this goes uh he starts the season with the team he makes it all the way to the trade deadline with the team and then we are having a massive show the monday before the trade deadline because because um jt miller still on the team honestly i i think that's what's going to happen i really do because there's really no point <laughs> if you're not going to trade him during the start of the season i i unless he absolutely plays lights out but then you probably want to keep him i actually don't see them feeling any pressure as we've just talked about until the trade deadline so if he's here when the season starts i think they're going to shut it down the talk and they're going to say we're going to focus on making the playoffs or focusing on playing where i think so that's not much of a hot take what's going to happen at the trade deadline oh man i i, I just it would be the most connected thing to do if they kept him and then miss the playoffs <laughs> We're going to get so many views that week. (laughs) (laughs) For real, though. I mean, like, it's going to be if that's the case. Right. And and hoping if we get to that point, I'm hoping JT Miller is on like an 80 plus point pace. Right. Right. And is a real valuable piece. My hope is that there's no like big regression and that he's down to like a 55 point player, which he has been his entire career. Right. Yeah. And, And people have always said, what's the hurry in getting rid of JT Miller? You have a 99 point player. Yeah, we have a guy who hit 99 points once, right? Yeah, Dust, Dustin Brown, who is getting a statue outside statue. the former Staples Center, as of now, Crypto.com Arena, had 60 points twice, right? Players hit a peak. Players yeah. will hit 99 points once. There is, I would say there is a 99, or not 99, sorry, a 90% chance that JT Miller never gets 100 points in his career. And yeah. I don't think that's that hot of a take. No, but I think I also think there's a 90, like an 85 percent chance that he never breaks 90 again because he just the the precedent is that that's a one off and you got to take advantage of those one offs. But the problem is no teams are really biting except maybe the Islanders. But who knows? Again, that that draft story will come out one day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's stressful, though. Uh, It is going. I mean, look, put your. Uh, put that on your calendar in February. That's going to be a a important week for the franchise. Oh, crazy! And I just want to acknowledge Lucas's donation, but then we'll get to his actual topic later because I think it's a good topic. Yeah, sounds like Sportsnet 650 is being dumped as the radio home of the Canucks. Not a done deal, but yeah, we we'll add that to the list of topics. Parker, I have a sneaky feeling it's we're going to get to list. no, we're going to get to we're going to be fine because um, Rick Dollywell did talk about two more things. So anything else about JT Miller that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about already, or at least tonight? We're done with JT Miller. Right. Um, and the Canucks should have been done with JT Miller a couple months ago, but I <laughs> nice, digress. Nicely done. Um, let's go on to the next part of this, uh, this twit longer that he put out. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll come to Lucas's topic right after that. Perfect. Uh, agent Darren Ferris has permission from the Canucks to talk with teams about a trade for his client and goaltender, Michael DiPietro. Now this isn't new news, right? Uh, this came out three weeks ago, maybe, maybe even before the draft. It was a while back. Um, and it makes sense, right? He's been passed by Archer Seelovs on the depth chart. Uh, the Canucks have Spencer Martin and Thatcher, D- uh, Thatcher Demko on the, on the main squad. Yep. Um, you don't really want your 20, your early twenties goaltender getting second goaltender minutes in the AHL, right? He's going right. to play what f- 18 games next year for the Abbotsford Canucks. Yeah. That's good for nobody, right? Yeah. Uh, the, a- the AHL two would rather have a veteran there. Uh, unless you're trying to develop a guy, which in this case you're not really doing. Uh, quote, one source said there is interest and there is a deal that could make sense for the Canucks. As of now, it does not sound like DiPietro will sign in Europe. The desire is still to be moved by the Vancouver Canucks. Right. 
So I think when the Canucks signed Colin Dillia as part of their their free agent frenzy, I think the writing was on the wall. You and I have always talked about it makes sense for the Canucks to bring in a veteran goaltender because imagine if there's no one like Dillia and then you have Demko and Martin. And if Demko goes down and the Martin's playing, you need a veteran guy to back up. You don't need a guy younger than Martin. You don't need a Seelovs or uh, uh, DiPietro coming up just yet if you don't think they're ready. So they bring in Colin Delia, and now there's five goaltenders, including DiPietro, and he could be number five on the death chart. So you're exactly right. It would make sense that he, um, you know, that he's looking for a new place to maybe get a fresh start. Hasn't had the best run here, whether it's being thrown into questionable starts against, you know, San Jose. Uh, yeah, exactly. Got shelled, or whether it's not, you know, being kept on the taxi squad for a bubble late in season and not even getting any game action. So. I, the Canucks have not been perfect in his development, and it, it's just one of those unfortunate things. I, no one was ever going to say he's going to be the you know a Vesna Trophy winner, but there were some thoughts. Di Pietro and Demko, what a tandem they were were set. It's like Luongo Schneider part two. I don't know if anyone was saying that, but Di Pietro might not even be on this team in the next two months. Yeah, and I I don't think that's really a loss for anybody, right? He was yeah. a decent pick at the time, right? Yeah. And I mean, I remember Jim Benning saying like. You know, you got to take a goalie every couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually one will hit. Um, Di Pietro has all the tools except the most important one, and that's size, yeah. right? And it's unfortunate that it comes to that, right? You can have you can have skaters excel like a Cole Caulfield uh, or Martin St. Louis, Martin St. Louis, who's, you know, can be five foot seven yep. and have the quads of a god and be really good players, right? Um, but as a goaltender... You got to take up some of the net and yeah. Di Pietro is really athletic and a decent prospect, but one that maybe caps out as a guy with a shot of playing 10 games a year, 20 games a year as a backup. Right. Right. And f if you're the Canucks and your job is to put together an entertaining process, uh, an entertaining uh, presentation in Abbotsford that yep. could win some games this year and hopefully be a competitor this year and have a guy who can step in as a third goalie if need be and not have it be extremely detrimental to their development a guy like DiPietro just doesn't fit the mold yeah and you're at the point where i mean you're not going to get anything for him yeah right we're talking a sixth maybe right because he doesn't have value right a a, a developmental prospect goalie that has a, a small chance of making it. I mean, Jacob Markstrom cleared waivers for the Canucks, right? Like the, like goaltenders that aren't NHLers don't have value yeah. when it comes to trades and things of, of that ilk. Yeah. So at this point, you're trying to do what's best for the player. And if that's trading him for future considerations to a team that needs an AHL starting goalie, you know, that's sort of a win-win for everybody. Uh, it's yeah. unfortunate that he hasn't been this, you know, the potential star we were hoping for. The Canucks don't need that though. The Canucks right. have a starting goalie for the next 10 years. I mean, the next four as of right now, but hopefully the next 10 years in Thatcher Demko and you can get backup goalies anywhere in free agency, right? We saw Halak yeah. last year who didn't pan out the way we wanted to, but you can go pick up a star uh, or a backup goalie for one, seven, five, two million bucks a year and be pretty content with that. Yeah. And, you know, and no one's saying here that we don't like DiPietro, that we don't want him to do well. 
He's a, kind of a great story, a bit of an underdog story, representing Team to watch Canada. Too. Yeah, all these things. But the and I'm not saying there's not any smaller goaltenders in the league. There are some smaller goaltenders, but just look right here. Like uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Marshall was huge. Andres Nielsen was even bigger. Thatcher Demko is big. Spencer Martin's actually he's quite big. He doesn't look like it compared to Demko, but he's quite big too. So you just see the way that goaltenders generally are. Not it's not 100, but it generally are and. And you have to be that much better then because already you're kind of battling that stigma or that, that, that stereotype or that thought that you're small, you're, you might, yeah, exactly what you said. You don't cover a lot of the net, so you gotta be that much better. So yeah, maybe he's, he hasn't, he's not going to play any more games in a Canucks uniform, whether it's Vancouver or Abbotsford. And unfortunately, as you said, you, you cut your losses, you get a late round pick and that's just the way it's going to go. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's much else to say other than that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an okay pick to take a shot at a goalie who had some potential. Yep, um, it just didn't hit. Yeah, and that's kind of the situation the Canucks are in. All right, so Dollywall tweeted about JT Mueller, about Michael DiPietro, and then I think his third point was about an ex Canuck. Is that right? Ex Canuck Tyler Mott. Yeah. Uh, four to five teams have shown serious interest in signing former Canucks forward Tyler Mott, but financials still need to be worked out as some teams are looking to move other salaries out. Mm. Uh, it's a common theme around the NHL. So many agents waiting for teams to clear cap space. Obviously, Nazem Kadri being like the obvious uh, discussion <laughs> piece uh, who's linked to the Islanders at this point. Uh, yeah, Tyler Mott, who the Canucks traded away because they weren't willing to re-sign for rumored numbers around two and a half million dollars multi-year um still a free agent we're a month into free agency and he's still got nothing going on out there now whether this means the canucks are in on a guy like tyler mott i don't know and i kind of doubt again being a different regime i think if jim benning was still behind the wheel he'd probably be pretty uh you know, aggressive on trying to get a guy like Mott back. Mm. Uh, but this new regime, probably not. But um, maybe a bit of a, a pay cut compared to what was expected for Tyler Mott. Yeah, I think, Parker, to me, this is a perfect example of a guy, um, as much as we like him and liked him, where I think he kind of overestimated or overvalued himself, him and his agent, because uh, if not, he'd be with the team right now. And exactly the same reasons that we talked about JT Miller a different scenario but money drying up as soon as free agent started and that day goes by and the next day goes by with some secondary signings every day that goes by the money dries up across the league so you're right maybe he thought he was worth 2.4 2.5 million he may he may end up signing for 1.7 1.82 who knows we we don't know uh, and maybe he's being picky maybe um he, he there's a, f a handful of teams that he wants to get targeted by or he's targeting but there's a reason why he's not signed on August 15th right now or whatever. Yeah, August 15th. And that's maybe because they kind of overvalued a little bit. And now, yeah, they're waiting for money to shake loose a little bit too. Yeah, the winger market was tough. Yeah. This year. Yeah, yeah. Wingers did not get the money they were expecting unless their name is Ilya Mikhaev, really. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been, there's been a big hit on wingers. And the thing is, there's so many of them right there's still yeah. a bunch that are you know available as a third fourth line guy um that would be a pretty valuable piece on a lot of teams and if you are tyler mott or tyler mott's agent how are you going to go to one of these teams and say yeah i'm worth double 
mm-hmm. what these other guys are worth, right? Let's say he says he's worth 2.2, 2.3, 2.5. Yep. Right. There's other guys that are maybe looking for one, 1.1 and you have to say, yeah, I am twice as valuable as that. Yeah. It's a tough sell. Yep. That's a really good point. And with Dickinson still here as of now, uh, Lockwood and Hoglander and Lazar, those are kind of the guys I see as, you know, the fourth line guys, guys battling, and the DiGiuseppe got re-signed. There's, there's not only not a lot of money here, but there's not a lot of space even. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the Canucks in on him. And I think that's what you said, right? Yeah, they're, they're not he's a guy I'd make space for, right? Yeah. Like he's a yeah. fourth liner that's, that's a really good fourth liner. But I wouldn't be pushing for him at anything above $2 million at this yep. point. If you could go 1.5 times like four years even, be like, yeah, you're getting a guaranteed $6 million. Yeah. I'm all for it, right? Yep. Because it's it's such a risk-free contract, especially the way uh, uh, buried, sap, uh, buried salary cap works, right? Where you can just eat the $400 million in the last two years if he's terrible by that point, but I don't think he will be. Hmm. Um, that like I would if I'm playing NHL 22, I'm doing something like that where <laughs> you just offer a, a really good player a lot of years at really low money. Yep. Obviously, the real world doesn't look that way. Uh, and if he could say, yeah, I want, you know, two and a half million dollars for two or three years. And then hopefully I can get something long term cheap money after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be what he's pushing for. But at this point, yeah. you know, I, I don't really see a place here. And the last thing about Mott, were you surprised, Parker, when, and it's well be, I mean, well documented that Mott, Lamico, and Highmore were a nice surprise fourth line with Lamico in the middle, John Pond, and then, of course, Highmore and Mott on his wings. And then as soon as Mott got traded to the Rangers, that the effectiveness of that line, well, of course, because what, you're missing one-third of it, but um, even Lamico and Highmore individually and collectively, they never seemed to regain what they had. Yeah, and that that's what has surprised me about Mott being unsigned this long. Yeah. Like he he clearly elevated his line mates and he like even analytically where like analytics take account of line mates and competition and things like that. Okay. And even to that length, like a guy like Matthew Highmore was higher valued and then Mott was gone and they just got worse even accounting for the lack of Tyler Mott. Like right. He he elevated his line mates to such a degree that, you know, I don't know if it's effort level where you're playing with a guy and he's just going that all out every single shift for 13 minutes a night where you're <laughs> going to do the same. Uh, or if it's, you know, he was he was such a driver of that line that yeah. uh, it really brought those two guys up just sort of as passengers. I struggle kind of in both directions, right? Because because Lamico, uh, Lamico and Highmore we had never heard of before this year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you go back, you go back 365 days, and you don't know who either of these guys are. Um, <laughs> but but Tyler Mott made them good fourth liners um, yep. to the point where you know once he was gone, they weren't that high level anymore. Right. Right. Okay, so we don't know where Tyler Mott's going to sign. We, uh, we don't think it's going to be here in Vancouver. And according to Rick Dolly, we'll have four or five teams in on him. So we'll just have to see what happens. All right, let's go to uh, Lucas's point yes. about the radio rights. Because uh, I follow someone on Twitter, Adam yep. Seaborn, who's sort of my uh, media savvy, like the one guy I follow on Twitter for, for media stuff, right? 
Sure. Um, not much from there, but basically looking at how much value does uh, do the radio rights have in Vancouver, right? We've heard that mm -hmm. technically the Canucks don't have a radio deal lined up for this season. And another good source on this is someone like Brian Weeb, who uh, mm -hmm. I think runs the radio program at BCIT, yeah. um, which unfortunately I wasn't a part of, but uh, very, <laughs> very interesting, uh, interesting stuff there where he was saying, I think usually they have this locked up by something like July, because if you think about the amount of stuff that goes into sports at 650, right? They yeah. didn't exist until they had bought the radio rights for the Canucks. Right. Uh, their main competitor now does no longer exist in, in TSN 1040. Um, and their main thing was being the home of the Canucks. Well, how much value is there really in having the radio rights? Because yeah, I, I saw a thing where it was about how Technically, the radio ratings, which are like, you know, what portion of the audience are you serving at once, um, hasn't changed all that much when it comes to the Canucks radio broadcasts. Hmm. The problem there is if your level of audience listenership hasn't changed, what has changed is the denominator of that fraction. Because so many fewer people are just listening to radio in general, right? You have people in their cars who weren't big Canucks fans. They would ha turn on the radio and be like, oh, there's a Canucks game on. I'm going to turn the dial to the Canucks game because it's fun to yeah. listen to or whatever. They don't do that anymore. They have their phones plugged in. They have CarPlay going. They have all this other stuff where they don't need the radio rights at this point to like the radio rights just don't have as much value as they used to. Um, and that's, you know, making it tough, right? The Canucks are looking at potentially going in house yeah, with radio, which to me is a little concerning. I don't like sort of state controlled media, you know, when like they can sort of push their own agenda and be like, man, look how good Tyler Myers is out there. 26 minutes a night. He's doing so good when you watch him on TV and he's a turnstile. Uh, not saying that's the case, but it could be the case uh, with the radio rights in the future. Um, that's sort of uh, where the landscape is at this point. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Parker, because CKNW had the Canucks for 36 years from 1970 to 2006. Team 1040, TSN 1040, they had the Canucks for 11 years. And then, yes, Sportsnet 650 has had it for the last five years. And in those five years, as you mentioned, TSN 1040 folded. Now, uh, I was thinking about this, and on one hand, if the is it because of everything you just said, how radio is less valuable now because people are PVRing games or they're watching on their phones or they're watching highlights or whatever, all those things we talked about. Does that mean then that Sportsnet 650 is not willing to pay the Canucks that much for the rights because they don't think there's value in it? Like they're not going to recoup it? And therefore, like, so what I'm trying to get at is, is it because Sportsnet's actually not giving the Canucks a good offer that the Canucks are thinking, oh, maybe we have to do this in-house? Or is it the Canucks wanting to do it in-house so they can control the narrative a little bit? I don't think it's the latter. I think it's the former. Okay. I, I okay. think it's that there's so much less value in it that Rogers is probably coming up with a lower number, especially yeah. if they don't have competition for it, right? Right, right, 1040 right. doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's probably cheaper to get that value. 
unless there is someone like, you know, AM 730 or, or News 1130 or BNN 1410 or whatever it is coming in to try to compete for it. Yes. Um, I don't think it's as much as them wanting to do their own thing. I, Because, I, again, I don't think there's that much value in it, yeah. right? Where they'd have to go out and they'd have to get a play-by-play guy who, on this short of notice, right? Like, are, who are you going to get, right? I mean, if they want to come get me... Do it. You know, go for it. Wear the glasses. Right. Yeah. That'll do great on radio. (laughs) Um, But, but I I don't know what, you know, I I don't think they want the extra work, but I also don't think they're getting offered any real money to the point where, I mean, you think about what it would entail, right? You have to have a play by play guy on staff, a color guy on staff. Sportsnet 650 does not, because Corey Hirsch is taking a, taking a hiatus. They do not have a color guy on staff, and we are a month away from the preseason. Yeah, that's true. That's unheard of when it comes to radio. Yeah. Um, but Sportsnet isn't going to go hire somebody when they don't have the rights locked up, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you think of the costs involved. You got to have uh, a play-by-play guy. You got to have a color guy. You probably have to have a, a producer or two. You yeah. have to be able to fly them out to every single hockey game. Is there even enough value in the radio product where you can sell enough ads to cover that? Let alone the rights, mm-hmm. right? You have to pay four salaries, let's say, plus travel. Yeah. I mean, what's that? Maybe let's call it three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars for salaries, and then another two hundred thousand dollars for travel, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to make six hundred thousand dollars? from those 82 games maybe but are yeah. the ads really worth that much where you're going to be making enough to profit off it are you going to be making forty thousand dollars a night off the ads when you have maybe 10 20 50 000 listeners on the radio broadcast yeah i mean you know you know what youtube views are worth right we've yeah. seen our numbers yeah fifty thousand radio listeners for a hockey game probably isn't worth a couple thousand dollars. I mean, it's maybe worth a couple thousand dollars in ad revenue. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, but that's, I think, yeah, that's kind of pushing it. And you make a really good point. Uh, and, and I'm not being sarcastic, but you said it costs money to fly these guys out to games. But we know this season that Hirsch and bachelor were actually calling the games from Rogers arena, right. and, uh, wa- watching a monitor, like the away games. They didn't even right. travel to some of them. Yeah. And it lessens the product. Yeah, right? it really does. I mean, we saw the games where uh, Shorthouse and Garrett were in a control room in Toronto yeah. um, for a game that was in San Jose, right? And it was one of those really funny things where they were like, I remember Shorthouse on the radio was like, yeah, instead of being flown to San Jose, we're being flown to Toronto to do the call for this game at 10 p.m. Eastern time or 1030 because it was in San Jose and they do it yeah. 30 minutes later. Right. Yes. And he's like, it's it's crazy. And it's a worse product. Right. Because yes. they can't yeah. see as much. They're looking at a TV screen like we are. Yeah. And not seeing, you know, the play as they see it. They're not seeing what's going on behind the player, what's going on ahead of the play. Um, so it's a worse product. And it's expensive. Right. I don't yeah. know how much radio rates are worth, but, you know, I talked about the salaries and the ad money and that was excluding the rights. You know, however many thousands of dollars a game that costs. Yeah. And at some point it becomes not feasible. Right? So hold Do that you... thought, Parker, because because you were talking about John and John. 
watching and then and then uh, you mentioned you said we i can't remember what you said so look at jasker's comment parker and clay are john and john if you think about it parker is shorthouse and clay is garrett i'd like i'll take that as long as you're not referring to my eating habits man jasker i'm after you <laughs> are you a ketchup guy i am but uh and i do have no, more gray hair than- no more okay. arguments okay you're locked fine. in ketchup hot dogs and gray hair that's me i'm john garrett perfect <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll take that too. Yeah, uh, I remember I would, I would play like NHL 2002 and yeah. and like those sort of game like 2002 to forward, and I'd always commentate uh, as oh. I'm playing, and I would always have Shorthouse's cadence because that was all I listened to. Right, I listened to Shorthouse on the radio, and then when he swapped to TV, that was he was sort of my guy. Um, that was my era, uh, so I'll take it. Yeah. I could I could picture the and I could picture me. I don't know. Garrett has a cadence. I have my own cadence. You just talk. Just keep talking. You'd have to press my mute button, and then and then we'd be fine. Do you think Shorty could rock these glasses though? No, there's there's no way. There's I no think way. he could. I've seen him and John Garrett ride the little animals at the Anaheim Mall with the glasses on. That would add a bunch. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll have to get them on and ask about it. Lucas, thank you for the five dollar donation. Canucks after dark, the official fan cast. Of the Vancouver Canucks. I think it has a nice ring to it. I don't know if the Canucks are sponsoring us to be the official anything anytime soon. Well, they should. Uh, Look at us. I don't know if any... Actually, I was going to say, I don't know if anyone in the Canucks communications department has heard of us, has heard of us but I know someone who used to... No, they, he's there now, right? Has talked to you. Oh, yeah, because I got in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> You did get in some trouble. So I think I don't think we're on the, we're on the short list. Okay, but we can find something else to do with the team. I'm sure they could use us. We can be the official fan cast of the ice crew. <laughs> true, true. And and you can skate very well, so you can be that one guy around the net that does all the circles, and I can just be, I don't know what I'll do. I'll, I'll ride the, I'll drive the, the Zamboni. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> Straight line, shovel it towards the net. You're good. I should be able to do that. I have one more Canucks. Look at this. It's 1043. Can we do that one other Canucks topic we talked about just to recognize uh, the day and and then maybe then move into uh, questions? Does that work? We have one more super chat. Oh, go for it. Uh, Lucas saying, I have good communications with higher ups, so trust me. Hey, Mm. get us in there, Lucas. All right. We need the... I will be Francesco Aquilini's biggest cheerleader if he's paying me, okay? Yeah. (laughs) I'll do whatever. All the times I've said borderline, but I've never been that direct about it. Right. But, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll change my tune uh, for $3 an episode. Perfect. And I'll do whatever. You want thumbs up? I got it. You want thumbs down? I got that. You want falling oh, off? You'll a... never do a thumbs down. Come on. Oh, if I had to. You want uh, scared? I don't, think, scared... I don't think your wrist turns that way. No, there was one once in a while. And then I, someone, <laughs> someone photoshopped me, like, giving the finger, which is not on brand. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's... That's so funny, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, find it for you. It's pretty funny. Okay. That's hilarious. Uh, last topic. And then we'll turn it over for to you guys for the last 10 minutes. So we'll talk for three or four minutes on this. Um, a sad day in history. Today is the 11th anniversary of Rick Rippon's death. Uh, Rick Rippon played for the Vancouver Canucks for five or six seasons and uh, had a couple of leave of absences in those time as he battled a very public battle with depression and um, was a great fourth-line player for us when he was with us. But 11 years la- later, his legacy lives on in the form 
of hockey talks and a lot of the mental health initiatives that not only the Canucks, but the entire NHL is doing. So I think, uh, you know, it's always sad when you hear of someone losing their life. And But we, if we want to look at the positives that have come from it and the legacy he's left and the way that the Vancouver Canucks continue to honor that legacy, whether it's by recognizing him and his family in the arena as they've done in the past or today on social, putting a nice uh, four-minute tribute video out to Rick Rippon. Yeah, and and you look at the impact that he had yeah. just even before you know the whole hockey talks thing and everything there but just the impact he has as a part of, uh, he had as a part of the team i mean he's 27 right I, yeah i don't remember that right i think of him as like oh he was like in his 30s like near the end of his career and all that but no he was he's 27 years old right yeah uh, i mean that's it's it's super young uh 11 years ago um and yeah you have to hope that the impact that things like hockey talks and, and all of those uh, programs coming from just awareness in general. Yes. Uh, hopefully that is outweighed uh, as his impact. Um, and I, I'm sure that's what he'd hope for as well. Well said. And I, I think uh, it, to me, I think it's important to recognize too. Uh, you just look at the NHL now compared to when Rippon was in the league uh, back uh, 15, 16 years, uh, you know, 15 years ago right. now. And not just mental health, but uh, the whole, you know, uh, inclusion and diversity or, or pride or there, all these, uh, whether you call them initiatives, campaigns, movements, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, this was unheard of in, in the NHL uh, even 10 years ago now. So to see all these things come to light, um, obviously it makes the – it's not perfect. Obviously, we know what's going on with certain – but uh, at least they're moving the right way and they're showing an awareness of – of topics that are bigger than the game itself. And that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, there's definitely been major steps made. Uh, yep. and even yep. when it comes down to, I mean, the physicality of the game being reduced to a certain yeah. level uh, at the point, right? The amount of fighting and you look at his stats, uh, he played in one year, he played 50 WHL games and 159 penalty minutes, right? Wow. Uh, you know, the amount of fights involved and things like that, like that, that takes a toll. Uh, yeah. It probably had an impact. Uh, I'm not going to yep. say for sure that it did, but um, yeah. like I said, you know, you only have to hope that the, the positive impact can outweigh the loss um, yeah. that, that occurred uh, in this case. Yep. Well said. So rest in peace, continue to rest in peace, Rick Rippon. Absolutely. Um, okay, folks, uh, we're at 1047. Normally, yep. like through the last 15 minutes is Q&A. I will say it's a miracle we made it this far. <laughs> there is my face on a lemon in the thumbnail. Hey, when did you take we, your sunglasses off? I didn't even notice. It was out of respect, Clay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We made it 47 minutes with my face in a lemon in the thumbnail before yeah. going to user questions. Uh, and that's, that is a miracle. Um, so folks get those questions in now is the time we'll start, uh, with Erwin thoughts on the Kessler soundbite on retiring a Canuck. You did mention, you know, if, if the Canucks are willing to do it, you know, let's get it done. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole one day contract thing? I know Jeff Patterson was oddly against it. Yep. Uh, Scott, Scott Rintu as well, which is weird. Cause Scotty yeah. seems like a, a good person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the whole on the well, whole one day contract? Since you put it that way, Parker. 
No pressure on your answer, by the way. Okay. Um, before I heard Jeff Patterson, Scott Rachel talk about it, and even after it, I still like that kind of thing. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Um, for nostalgia, whether you call it, or even a feel-good moment. And I think with Kessler, because there was so much uh, hype or stress or rigmarole about when he came back for the Sedin's retirement a couple of years ago, would he get booed or whatever? And he actually was doing interviews about, I hope I get cheered. And it, it became a, not farcical, but it, it, I was for a guy who is, was so tough and so I don't give a whatever attitude to him to show that sensitive side. I think a lot of people like that. Anyways, um, I, I don't know how it works salary cap wise or uh, the legality of it, but I would have no problem. Is it a bit gimmicky? Sure. But if it's not going to affect the day-to-day operations of the Vancouver Canucks and their ability to, to fit under the cap, I would have no problem with him retiring as a Canuck by signing a one day contract. Yeah. It, it's the whole like anti side of it is just a little traditionalist for my liking. You know, it's like a guy wants to sign a one day contract and say, yep, this is the team that I, my heart is truly with. And yep. I am now retiring as a member of that team. Sure. Does it mean anything? No. <laughs> but is it nice? Yeah. I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, yep. They did it with uh, with Cliff Averill uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was super nice. You know, I was like, that guy had a big impact with, yep. a, with a team that won the Super Bowl. And, and Ryan Kessler had a big impact with a team that beat the Nashville Predators. I mean, that's <laughs> just as close, right? <laughs> Um, and to me to, you know, make it official and say like, yep, this is the team my heart sort of lies with and I'm officially retiring and to maybe just recognize that on one night, right. Especially with a guy like Kevin Bieksa and maybe there's some others that want to do that as well. And, and you sort of just have like one night sort of devoted to that. Um, and it doesn't take away from anything, right. It's, it's just a bonus. Uh, and I think it would be a nice reason to, you know, look back towards 2011 as this team has done a lot of times for a team that lost the Stanley Cup final. Um, it would be nice to, you know, have a moment like that. And it really doesn't have any negative impact. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. I think we're on the same page there. Uh, can we go to Derek Castillo's? And by the way, it sounds like Derek's watching from Buffalo, which is cool. Yeah. So we got three Canucks players in the world juniors. Lekaramaki playing for Sweden. Yoni Yurmo playing for Finland and Jacob Truscott playing for the U.S. Obviously, those two later guys I just said, Yurmo and Truscott, are defensemen. Both picked in the year 2020, third and fifth round respectively. And we have Lekaramaki, our 15th overall pick this season. I heard Lekaramaki had a couple assists tonight. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean Yoni Yermo has has been impressing some Twitter scouts, right? right. Has like Cam Robinson and some other elite prospects, yep. folks, um, about his skating ability. Like he's a good skater, out racing Connor Bedard. There was one play where he sort of skated out from behind the net, had a bit of pressure, and just put on the brakes and bat and skated backwards back behind his own net and made a nice breakout yes. play. Saw that. It's so, it's something you literally never see, um, but it was really impressive. And um, for a guy who Yermo was what a fifth, sixth round pick, uh, Yermo was third actually. Trescott third. Was fifth. Oh, I thought it yeah. was okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For something like that, I mean, that is you know you want guys who can skate, you want guys mm-hmm. who can 
who have something special, right? If it's skating, if it's their shot, if it's their physicality, something that makes them stand out. Right. Uh, and it looks like he's he's making a bit of an impact. Yep. Like Mackey, I think, um, I believe he's been bouncing around the second and third line. I think there are a couple games near the start, Parker, where he barely played or compared to the rest of his teammates. But it sounds like he, well, unless he, he got two assists in six minutes, it sounds like he had a better game tonight. Yeah, um, I think he had a second assist where I, I saw the clip on Twitter where he uh, made a really nice sort of offensive recovery in the offensive zone, stole the puck yeah. back, played it back to the point. They got a second assist from that. Okay, uh, so that's great. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I, we we talked about it when when they drafted him, so, and we got to remember he's. I know I don't know if he's turned 18 since, but he was only 17 years old when he got drafted, so he's at least two seasons away for sure. I can. That's check. my guess. Yeah, thank you. He was born on July 24, 2004. So, yes, he's 18 now. Oh, he's turned 18 since the draft. Okay. So, he's kind of right washed up. <laughs> he's like the clay emo of, uh, of uh, draft picks. You said it, not me. <laughs> Very good. What else we got? Oh, boy. I've not been reading. Yeah. Um, have you been reading? Yeah. Do you have a comment? Yeah, sure. Edmund, 1051, he did ask this on my live stream yesterday, but I love your opinion. He said, who's the next big name NHL superstar to be traded? And he offers up the two Chicago Blackhawks players. JT Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Please trade the man. Very possibly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What was your answer? Uh, Actually, I'm not very smart sometimes. I, I mean, I wasn't prepared, so I didn't. I didn't have one. And then when Edmund said Taves or Kane, that, to me, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, especially, Taves, I think, yeah. would be higher on that list for me. Yep, I agree. I agree. Very good. What else? What else? I don't know. Um, Gold Canucks Gus at 1049 says, are your sunglasses going to be our lucky charm for the team this year? You should wear them until they lose. Oh, that'll be fun to wear them for one night. <laughs> oh, you... You have little faith. Uh, that's disgusting. Who do they play? Who do they play night one? Night one. A Buffalo is the home opener, but that's not the season. Okay, opener. okay, I'll wear but, it for two nights. No, but it's not the season opener. Oh, I think they start uh, on the road. Oh well, that's not a good sign. That's not a good start. Their first game is against Edmonton on the road. Yep. I'll say we're okay for that. Philadelphia, good chance as well. Uh, a couple nights, we'll make it through for sure. <laughs> Okay, and someone that did ask you, you don't have to highlight it, but someone did ask you if you're going to the home opener that night on the 20s. Oh, by the way, the Canucks start with five on the road. That's weird. Five on the road, Edmonton, yeah. Philly, Washington, Columbus, and Minnesota. Oh, they can get three of those. Easy. I might go to the Edmonton game. That's like... <laughs> what, in Edmonton? Yeah. You take Are a you flare serious? Flight. Take a flare flight. It's 49 bucks each way. Clay, let's go. Yeah. Let's go Hope to Edmonton. Back. Wednesday. I can't. Wednesday's my church night. You know that. Yeah, yeah. You go, but, Repres- but the Canucks in Edmonton. I know, I know. I can't even go to the home opener because I'm helping to run a conference. So they they play at Buffalo on the 22nd Saturday, but then I will go to the Montreal, excuse me, the Carolina game on the 24th, the Monday. Oh shoot! I guess I gotta hurry back for Canucks after dark. <laughs> yeah, hey, prioritize our show a little. That's a 7:30 p.m. start. Oh, that's gonna be rough. It's all right. I'll do a I'll do a Parker's Bucks post game to make up for it. We'll do the show okay. Tuesday. Okay, that's fair. That's I haven't fair. committed to doing Parker's Bucks post game again, but for that night, do you think you? I'm not putting you on the spot, and no one here, all 62 you in here, 
Yeah. Do no not pressure. hold him to his word. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever I say doesn't matter. What you think? Uh, I'm on the fence. Okay. I'm on the fence. It's fun. Do it when they I win. Could, I, <laughs> that's Lego was here at the beginning. That's what he started doing. Not oh. a bad idea because yeah. the losing shows are not as fun. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, uh, Shannon does ask. Yeah, Shannon, just from now, why do the Canucks start the season on the road? Shannon, uh, it, you have 50-50 chance, honestly, and, and not being sarcastic. You're either going to start at home or on the road. And a lot of times when the schedule makers make their schedule, they look at arena availability. They look at how teams are going to travel, wh- how, when they're going to go through certain areas of the country. So, And it just makes sense to have at least more than one game, two games, even three games, four games sometimes either at home or away. So you're not just going one game, then flying back, then playing a game, then flying back. So it just so happens that uh, sometimes the Canucks start a, uh, at home. This year, they're starting five on the road. And sometimes there's arena um, considerations. They're still building or there's a, there's a, another function or, or whatever it may be. That's why you see teams that go on these weird 10, 11 game road trips, which are painful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision yeah. that we're going to be calling the show. However, I want to give a shout out hmm. to the people who have said really funny things about my glasses. Yeah. There was someone earlier and I don't remember who it was. And I left a response um, that I'm trying to find, which I'm struggling to do. Um, I think it was it was Sidhu Moosewala. Yep. Who Formerly said, Reaction Club. Yes. Who had said, yeah, Parker looks like he just came straight out of the theater after watching the Minions movie, which is hilarious. That was good. Uh, so shout out to that. And Irwin just said that I'm Daredevil styling. Now, I don't know if you've seen the Daredevil TV show, but he wears glasses that are round, and it's a it's a great comment. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Uh, and I also want to say thank you all for being here. If you really enjoyed the show, leave a like. Make sure you subscribe. Do all that good stuff. If you missed any part of it, which I know a lot of you did, again, I can see the graph. Uh, make sure you listen to the podcast afterwards. It'll be up in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and you can find the show here on YouTube. You can just scroll back to the beginning. You're already here. You might as well do it. Uh, find the parts you missed where we talked about JT Miller, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Clay, any parting words for this evening? Well, it's nice to come back to a show. It's nice that we, and I don't, I truly don't think we stretched it un, like uh, unnaturally or we were faking anything. We actually had some really good discussion on very few topics tonight. So thank you, Parker. Thank you to everyone who chimed in with great off. questions. It was good. It, it was actually quite good. And I, I, I'm hoping that this is the least, this is the most dead it's going to be. Not, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of actual topics. So we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoyed. We will see you next week, Clay. We're going to be here next week. We're going to be here next week. We're going to yep. be here next week. And then every week after that, forever. Yes. Uh, except except for that. Aren't. Yeah, except for when the Canucks play on Monday nights at home. But we'll that Carolina game, <laughs> the, October 24th, we will not be here. Yeah. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one.